from the Rookery End is recorded in front of a live studio audience. You want to go where everybody knows you Previously on From the Rookery End. Five games into the championship season. How are we feeling, Jason? Yeah, feeling good. Maybe, maybe this isn't going to be our season. Early days. Do you know what? I felt a little bit down. Then I got there, walked past the, the East Stand, which wasn't finished. I saw the pitch for the first time and, was, and found out that the pitch is ill. There was a small crowd. The whole thing just still felt very unsatisfactory to me. It still felt a bit gloomy. There's such a feeling of enthusiasm around the place, which has been lacking for, for a long time now. And, you know, that's we've got a new manager. You know, the new stand. We've got a settled squad. The fans are happy. It's got the, the potential to be one of the most exciting months in Watford's history. And it turns out the way we all wanted to. Knowing Watford, it'll probably be an absolute nightmare. Zero points, three broken legs, and Oscar's off here on the next game to uh, Leeds United. And how brilliantly, weirdly, strangely, but kind of spot on, you were in that last podcast, Mike. Welcome to Full the Rookery End, uh, the October 2014 podcast. We're actually recording this on a Tuesday evening. Uh, in fact, it's the 7th of October 2014. That date is being emphasised for a particular reason, because today and the last 24 hours have been a bit weird. Uh, we're from the Rookery End. Uh, my name's John. With me is Mike. Hello, John. Hello, Jason. Bye-bye. <laughs> Oscar, bye-bye, Billy. Uh, and Jason's here as well. Yeah, I've, I've not been removed yet. <laughs> Uh, these podcasts are taken live as a Whopper fan uh, we're season ticket holders in Rookery End uh, but Mike we're, we, we're sitting here and it was less than 24 hours ago where you uh, sent me a text message saying have you seen this? and it was from a tweet from the Daily Mail yeah um, I don't follow the Daily Mail by the way <laughs> it's, uh, it's on the hashtag Whopper FT uh, thing but I've got to start by saying I was at the Watford Golf Club Watford Golf Day recently really really good event lucky to be there when you go you get a little goodie bag and in there was a Watford hit flask, <laughs> and I can't help but think that's uh, going to come in handy for a few Watford fans because my head's still spinning. Um, the news we've that's been uh, confirmed today, which is that Billy, Billy McKinley has left and been replaced, it's just non-stop. We said in the long, last podcast we wanted a, a month of stability, good results on the pitch, bit of stability off it. Gee, it's just unbelievable. It's just incredible. I'm sort of. I don't know how to describe how I feel. Not not empty, not upset, just befuddled, I think. <laughs> yeah, no, okay. no, no. Yeah. Yeah. Podcast there. no, let's not. Um, yeah, you know, Billy Lynch, let's, let's, let's get the time on this. We did a podcast um, about four weeks ago where Beppe just left and very quickly Oscar Garcia was put in place. And then t- half a podcast was talked about this, this man who was who was coming and how we agreed that he was great because he ticked all the boxes, he had championship experience, he, was an, he would get instant respect from all the players, um, he command, had a good command of English and he knew how to play attractive football. He, was, he ticked all the boxes that we needed for a Watford head coach. Um, unfortunately, uh, and very sadly, uh, he had uh, heart problems and uh, gave up the role and um, eight days ago, he... Um, stood down and Billy McKinley was given the job as Watford manager. Billy was in charge for two games and uh, today he was um, removed, removed yeah, uh, from his position and replaced. Uh, we'll talk about his replacement later on. I think the hardest thing that everyone's sort of talking about, Jason, is sort of how, how it feels like it's not very Watford, but actually how Billy's been treated doesn't seem quite right. That's what it's about. That's, that's the issue for me. We're, we're going to get lots of negative press on the back of this. And all the headlines seem to be about four managers in 37 days. And that's, that's not the major issue. The fact is we've already spoken about Oscar Garcia and how he had his health issue. And we all hope that everything's good for him going forwards. Um, 
So, yeah, unfortunately, we have had to have a third manager at that point for this season. Um, and that wasn't a, a bad thing. That wasn't the Potsley's fault. It wasn't a negative thing on the club. What is bad now is, is the, the whole rush to a point, Billy, and then having a change of heart just over a week later. I, if this was us, if we were offered a promotion at work mm. and then told about a week later that, oh, no, you can't have that, but you can have your old job back, you, you, you'd probably turn it down and you'd probably, you could find yourself going to industrial tribunal to um, to contest a, a constructive dismissal because that's, that's what it feels like. They, it just hasn't been handled well at all, I think, by the Potsos. Um, now we know we're not going to, it's not grounds, I think, for us to turn around and say, uh, these Potsos, what a load of rubbish, get them out of the club because the, the good things they've done are far outweighed um, the negative. Uh, but we must remember, and Mike, you were the voice of reason, I think, at the time when we talked about the Potsos coming in the first place. First time for everything. <laughs> yeah, absolutely, but we're all getting excited because we were seeing the back of the scene and the Potsos were coming in. And you said, Mike, you said, great, let's let's welcome them, but we can't just say, in you come, do what you like. Um, here, they've done it. They, they've made a mistake in the way they've handled it. And this could be, and they said today, this for the good of the long-term, uh, good of the club, and... The new man might do wonders and we might be celebrating the league title in the season. Who knows? But just the way they've handled it and the way that Billy's been treated, it, it just feels a bad taste. It's the first time we've sort of been in a position at Watford found where we can act, we are almost have our doubts about the Potsos. Yeah, well, this is what I'm finding quite difficult. I said at the, at the top of the show that I'm feeling a bit befuddled and I don't want to speak for all Watford fans and I'm sure all Watford fans <laughs> don't want me to speak to them either. But I think that's... Um, that's the, a feeling that seems to be shared. I've been looking on social media, Facebook, Twitter, and so on and so forth. The people don't quite know what to make of it. And, Jace, I kind of get what you're alluding to, that the, the headlines are, you know, four managers in a week or whatever it's been. And if you do drill down into it, there, are, there are, does actually make sense. You know, Beppe was always going to go rightly or wrongly. Garcia came in, was a decent fit, was ill, had to go, was the right decision. Bit of continuity with Billy McKinley who'd come in. He fit. He How did continuity? He was only been in the club for two days. Well, he was there for a week. They kept the they kept the, tra- the coaching staff on. That's definitely so not continuity. Did you we're, know talk- we're talking. We're talking short time spans here. Very short time spans. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You know about. You know what I mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's at least there's a, there's a cogent argument for for Billy McKinley taking the job, and I think Watford fans were happy with it because he was British, had experience of the of the British leagues. Um, but this time, it's very, very difficult for, for Watford fans to get their heads around it because it's happened, you know, eight days after his appointment is, is a difficult one to to understand. And it may well be, of course, that it's the right decision. Mm. You know, Billy McKinley may have had second thoughts himself. The Potsos have obviously had, had second thoughts. Um, and so I've seen some people being positive about the Potsos, saying, you know, this takes guts to take what is a horrible decision really quickly, really publicly, in effect, admit they got it wrong and, and, and act swiftly. So that there's positives there. There's negatives that, that are not dirty washing has been, been laundered in public, but we look a bit daft, quite frankly. Um, but I think the thing that, that, that's grating on a lot of people is the, is, the, is the treatment of Billy McKinley, which I think has been, has been shabby. Um, and that's what we don't want our football club to be associated with, is, is acting fast and loose with people's careers. Well, that, it's the fast and looseness that sort of got me. I, it's, it's the mixed bit for me, because yes, I like the fact that they have um, acted quickly to change things, because let's not leave it there if it's wrong, and very quickly um, we could have been in a bad position, that's our season almost over and yeah. done with. Um, but the fact that they, it feels like they rushed to appoint Billy, and then they feels like they rushed to appoint the new man. I don't know if it's about rushing to a point the new man I'm guessing that he was on the radar anyway but there's a couple of things that struck me that the first the appointment of McKinley didn't seem like a Potsdam appointment it all seemed strange for uh, what we know about the Potsdam it, it felt like a Watford appointment it felt like Garcia came out and said yeah. he selected him yeah. which for the amount of control that we know the Potsdam's like and, and they want their, man, their men in place it didn't feel like a 
a Pozzo appointment at all. When he when they said he was the new manager, it just seemed it did strange. I said this about Richard, and he said there's a point though when you're in the yeah, the process they've sort of gone through. Sometimes going down a blind alley with an idea and a way of working is actually a a way, not always the best way, a way of defining and or redefining exactly what you are and what you want and how to achieve it. So you're suggesting they're, they're, it's a blind, they're a blind alley? They're the no, 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 but, but there's a point where you go, right, we've done that, we've done Beppe, we've done this beautiful one case, here he is, why not take a risk? And I, it felt like a risk, and that felt like a good thing, but then the quickness, how they've, they've changed it, they're definitely well, not and risking that's, it. And that's the second thing for me, have they rushed to get rid of Billy because they hung on to Beppe for so long when, I mean, that Huddersfield, we were saying for that Huddersfield game at the end of last season, it just looked okay. No, we, fired, we fired him at the end of last, last season's yeah, podcast, didn't we? Cliche, but he'd lost the dressing room, that's what it looked like, and, and you just couldn't see where it was going to go from there, and we were surprised to see him still there at the start of the season, but ultimately it went. Did they hang on too long, and did they have that in mind when they've gone, let's not? Let's not hang on to Billy for too long. We think we've made a mistake. Let's cut it now. But this, this isn't how you. Then it feels like there's something wrong with the, the the process they sort of went through to find. The, you know, you worry that they've gone through this and it's going to happen again. It doesn't seem that's how no, I mean, no, management to work. Yeah, there's, there's no guarantees in football, are there? No. You, could, you could keep exactly. doing it, keep doing it, and, until you land lucky and, and get the one that does it. We say it over and over again. You look at Leicester, how long it took them to go up the money they had, and long taken QPR yeah. to go up with the money they had. They've gone up, come down, gone up. They're probably coming down again and at the moment. There is absolutely no guarantee, even when you've got those players. He's just all going to click in and, and work. But my, uh, my Twitter timeline has been inundated with supporters of other football clubs saying, Mike, what the heck is happening at Watford? And trying to describe it is really difficult. And, and, and in trying to talk to them, explain to them what's happening, I can, I've, I've kind of felt how they must think looking in. And, and to everyone, it looks like Watford are basically taking a, an online shopping approach to, to football <laughs> managers, you know, buy a couple of pairs of shoes online, get them delivered, try them on. If you like them, keep them if you don't send them back and it, and it feels like we're trying something it's not working and sending them back with, with undue haste um, so that's probably what it looks like to the outside world and I think that's why a lot of Watford supporters are uncomfortable Just and, and why we're having this conversation about are things happening too quickly I did want to pick up on something that you guys said about the the, play, the, t- the managers who have come in managers head coaches yeah the more shocking thing Mike is that you've actually waited to say that rather than interrupting us yeah <laughs> this is a, this is a serious uh, okay. a serious night and I, I can't I can't be doing with uh, being impolite <laughs> yet um, to suggest that the Potsos are sort of bringing um, head coaches in willy nilly without doing doing due diligence on them I think is an absolute nonsense I think they'll have probably have a range of head coaches whose work they're aware of who they think will fit into the way they run their football clubs and they probably have a little black book or a little filing cabinet with, with potential head coaches. If you look at their if you look at their regime, Dyche out, Zola in almost immediately, mm. Soninho out, uh, Garcia in almost immediately, Garcia out, McKinley in immediately, uh, McKinley out, uh, it would fall to me to be the first person <laughs> on the podcast. So, but to, to suggest the Potsdams don't, you can call them a lot of things, and uh, I suspect a lot of people will in the, in the coming days. But to call them unorganised and un- unclear in the way they do things, I think is is a little bit unfair. Um, I think the one thing that that we must all, well, I I think that I'm holding on to really is the fact that they know what they're doing. They have a successful formula. They stick to it. We've mentioned they've treated Billy McKinley badly, and I think we all agree on that. I don't think we need to dwell on no. that. That's a poor state of affairs. That's a poor story for our club to be linked with, and, and I don't think any supporters happy with it. I think the, the club understand that, which is why Gino Pozzo was was wheeled out to talk to, to, to talk to the website. Let's hear, uh, not from the man himself, but yeah, re-inco- um, recreation of what Gino actually said on the website. Our job is always to act in the best long-term interests of this football club. There can be no compromise on this, whatever the circumstances. I fully support and endorse the view from our technical staff that, given the talented squad which has been assembled here and our position in the league, an experienced head coach with a winning pedigree is of primary importance to help ensure the success we are all striving for. 
the supporters of Watford have always been very understanding towards our project here and I am certain they will continue to do everything they can to support the new coach and the squad. I'm glad it was him who said it. It sort of makes sense that something that could be is being viewed as a horrendously bad thing, Jason, that it's him yeah, who is saying the right words. That was almost a crime watch uh, reconstruction <laughs> we had there, wasn't it? Uh, but, um, yeah, I, and, I, and I think they, he needed to, really. And, and again, sort of weird things like this happen, and you're sort of thinking all of these things through in your head, and, and one of the things I thought, is this a, um, a Gino going out on his own and and, and doing this without talking to his dad or whatever, obviously his dad who's, who's built this up over yeah, the but years. Yeah, but I'm not sure, this, yeah, I'm not sure things how that works. Back that I'm not sure who actually is, you know. I kind of get the idea that Gino is in charge of the football mm. side of things. I don't think the dad sort of gets in, doesn't get involved, of course, but he's not sort of... I, th- I think this is an important lesson for us as Watford supporters and, and a real... Um, line in the sand that we, we know Watford has been different for quite some time we've been we've been a new Watford in a lot of positive ways and we've enjoyed sort of having our backs against the wall a little bit winding up Ian Holloway about uh, about the loans and mm. you know getting Matty Vidra back well, what are you going to do when the loans go back oh, you know and, and all that we've enjoyed it up until this this point because it has largely been been enjoyable but the Potsos work differently you know and I think um, we talked about the speed with which they hire new coaches. I think in Europe, in Italy, certainly they don't have caretaker managers. That's not how they operate. They get someone goes, so someone gets someone in. That's what our club is now, uh, and like it or, or 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 not, that's just the way it is. And you know, we're talking, we we sort of feel in quite a sombre mood tonight. I think it, it's yeah. fair to say. But I think it's important not to get too weighed down by this. What it, you know, it's an extraordinary. It's been an extraordinary month. We've certainly never seen the like as, as Watford supporters, and and I think the reason we feel sombre about it is because usually when something like this happens, perhaps to a Leeds or someone else, you know, as a football fan, you sit there and you point and you laugh, and that feels like us, and we feel a little bit sort of um, not bullied, but we feel like we're on the end of the end of the stick for for the first time in quite a long time, but in a cold light of day, again, we've, we've treated Billy harshly. Let's move on. We've made the Pozzos have, have made another tough decision that they believe will get this football club promoted. Mm. Ultimately, they'll be they'll be judged on the results as as usual. They've done what they think's best. Nothing more, nothing less. They've taken a calculated business decision. That's how this football club is run now. Um, so, so, what if it doesn't work this year? Don't they? They try again. These guys don't again. Well, this is only the. Uh, would we have Troy? This is the championship. But, yeah, 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 but you look at the fixtures. What next up? No, 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 we'll do later. We'll do later. But okay, okay but, but, but my look at who we have to play in this division. Yes, is I'm I know not, it's a clean. I'm not saying. I'm going to carry on. I know, but I want. You didn't answer my first point. My point was, what if it doesn't happen this season, right? Do we lose Troy Deeney? Do we lose Alman Abdi? Are these players who are have become? Uh, building blocks. What if they then start leaving? That, then that's, that's, that's football. That's, 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 that's football. Yeah, it is football. But is this? Is this a small window? No, you're, you're suggest, I think you're suggesting there that that if Potsdam can't achieve it within a small amount of time, that they will be off. No, 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 they'll be off. No. I mean, actually, we've got such a good squad here. Everything is in but place. With their but scouting network, with their scouting network, we should be able to attract other players. We could also hope that the way they work with youth players and and having a youth scouting network and getting good players through that way, that maybe we'll get some youngsters into the side as well, which it takes time. But I think yeah, we've got to have faith in the pot so to do that to be able to supply us with more good quality championship players if we ask them in the championship at this point in one, two, three seasons time. And a lot of people are, are quite rightly asking the question, is this side, is this squad as good as we like to think it is? It it failed it failed last year. Yeah. And and alright, there were there was upheaval last year. Crikey, we think there was upheaval last year. It's, we've topped it this year. But they you know, they failed. Well, you look at you looked at the team sheet and there is usually a player in every position that would get into most other championship sides. It's the same again this year, um, and everyone has used the fact that we've played relatively poorly but still got results as a positive. Now, it could be if we kick on and, and improve our performances. 
if we do what we did again last year, then we're going to feel very flat. And your question about, oh, how, are we going to be able to retain these players? Well, the players have, have ultimately have failed if they don't go up, if they don't put in a challenge this year, and missing, you know, they're great players, and we've grown to love them. Um, when at the start of the Pozzo regime, we thought, oh, will we ever grow to love these players, these fancy names that come from all four corners of the globe? We do now. You mentioned Alman Abdi, Forestieri, Joel Ekstrand, uh, Matthew Vidra, people that we hadn't heard of two, three years ago, and now you know they're on every kid's bedroom wall sort of thing. But you know they, they're, they're transient, and if they don't get this club to where the Pozzo's and we want it to be, then, then they're dispensable, quite frankly. I want, desperately want this, this squad to do it. And I desperately want this manager to to, to be successful because I can't cope with much more of this. <laughs> um, but I think I think you're unnecessarily. I don't think you're honest. You're, you're floating the question. I understand that. But I don't think if we don't get promoted this year, then it's the end of the project. Three seasons in the in the championship um, as Watford Mark, whatever you want to call it, as Watford version Pozzo. It, it's not. A, it's not a lot. This is an extraordinarily difficult decision, uh, division. You know. If we if we lose our next game and the te- and the eight teams below us win theirs, we're in tenth. <laughs> yeah. So, but win it and we're still up there. So, uh, I can't even remember where you know the the original point. But I think we need to we need to stay focused on the fact that the Potsdam wants to deliver success for this football club. We're having the first taste of it not being particularly to our in exactly how we want it. This isn't how we designed our our smooth. Um, ascension to the Premier League this isn't what we had in mind at all they're doing what they think is right as supporters we've got no real um, op- we have to go along with the ride but as Jason said at the start and as we've mentioned um, when the Potsdam took over it's our job as supporters to be critical friends we have a right we have a voice to question them why, if we think things aren't being done right I still think that they're doing things with the best interest at heart that's why would they do anything else they're not looking mm. to scupper our success yeah, yeah, yeah. people might disagree with it and people do disagree with it we've seen already today that a, a vast spectrum of opinion um, and that, that that's kind of what makes football great um, it is never dull being a Watford supporter but I think we need we need to stay in touch with, with, a, with our decent side you know recognise when things don't go right and we're not doing right by by people who we employ or right by the supporters or right by our players recognise when that happens and speak out against it but also don't throw the baby out of the bathwater and think just because things are a bit dicey and a bit difficult for us that you know it's the end of the world because it isn't it's tough going but that's what makes it all worthwhile in the end it's a strange couple of weeks in the Watford bubble from the rookery end by Watford fans for Watford fans not only all the managerial changes since the last Premier League, but a couple of football matches as yeah. well. Crazy. Getting mm-hmm. away. Uh, fortunately, we uh, lost in uh, Oscar Garcia's one and only game uh, away at a uh, strong defensive team of Charlton. Oh, I don't don't envy the Charlton fans this year. They don't they don't concede many, but it's easy to see why. It was. Uh, that was a tough watch, that one. Uh, a win uh, away at Blackpool, a draw at home to Bournemouth, a draw away at Blackburn Rovers, which everyone was moaning about. But I think it's just the order of the goals that went in that make it seem a little that bit bad. A two, if, you, if you tell me at the beginning yeah. of the afternoon, 2-2 at Blackburn, yeah, exactly. have it. The fact that we're 2-0 up and they came back, for fa- some fans, it sort of seems degrading. I have got two, I've got... A yeah, but for like 10 minutes, mm-hmm. conceding two, two goals after being 2-0 after being up is, is frustrating. I mean, the, the fact that we conceded straight away after, after half right. time, that's, yeah, that's, that's almost... Really cool. almost yeah, but we have a thing about the first two minutes of a game, first two minutes after... Um, half time we get sent, uh, sent off penalties yeah, goals exactly. in. so sort it out switch it on a bit easier boys job number one the new boy yeah. uh, we uh, won at home to Brentford uh, and we drew at home to Brighton Home Albion now Mike said we were going to get zero points uh, but we are sort of getting results that's alright isn't it what I also what I, what I didn't say was yet with, with five penalties in five games. Oh yeah! Up before the uh, before the Brighton game, absolutely extraordinary, and most of them were missed. Um, yes, yeah, so I said we were going to get none in my usual pessimistic fashion, and obviously we we got more than none. We've done a lot better than that. Nine, by the way. 
Nine, nine points sounds good when he's twelve when he's mentioning it like that. Uh, after the Charlton game, I was very disappointed. I thought we 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 should have had enough to to break Charlton down. But in the cold light of day, I actually think that we we came up against a very very organised side, um, and on another day would have won quite comfortably. Did you see their tweet uh, from their official um, after they beat Norwich one yeah. 0 It's daylight robbery, <laughs> which I think is great. They're embracing their sort of status as the. Uh, the pickpockets of the of the championship, which is good. Um, so Blackpool, Bournemouth at home was, was a difficult game. Watford didn't perform well. Yeah, I think uh, talking of daylight robberies, you could almost say the same for us there. We we uh, we probably got away with that a bit at the end, I think. But that said, we could have nicked it at the end as well. Oh, we could have nicked it at the end, yeah. Um, Blackburn, I think, was a yeah, competitive game for two two good sides. The Brentford game was interesting. Like the Matic Twitter goal was so amazing, and that mm. that is a difference. And with the players we have. You hope that in games like that against Brentford, who weren't amazing but were organised and had a way about them, that that's where they, the difference yeah, will come by a goal. Like, it was fantastic. They weren't, but they were all right. I thought the first okay. 20 minutes we were outstanding yeah. and probably yeah. the best we have played all season. Uh, but I think the fact that we didn't score in that first 20, they got a bit more confidence. Mm. Um, obviously, we got a bit lucky with the uh, with the penalty, um, but it did take a, a, a wonder strike that. Almost came from nowhere to win that game. Uh, I, I think that game was a microcosm of what we want Watford to be. In the first half, like Jay said, for the first 20, 30 minutes, that's the most fun I've had at a football match for mm. for ages. And Brentford, let's give, give Brentford credit; they played their part in that because they they came out. You know, contrast that with Brighton, who who just worked hard to shut us down. I thought and, and didn't really play ball at, at, like Brentford did. But that first half an hour was really exciting. It was, it was end to end. There were decent chances. Brentford zipped the ball around. Watford zipped the ball around. There was it was noisy in the stands. It was it was raucous. It was good fun. And then, you know, by hook or by crook, in the end, we we defended and we saw it out. And I think that's in a nutshell is what we want from this Watford side. We've got and people say, oh well, do, you know, the Brentford fans might complain that Vidra was the difference. Well, bloody right, he's the difference. Mm. He's brilliant and he's ours, and that's why we <laughs> we want to see him doing things. He's like really that. he's he has he's really starting to get into himself now. There's certain games. I think it was the. Uh, the game against Bournemouth he just knows where everybody is <laughs> he literally knows the way to run and that that bloke's behind him Mystic he just knows where everybody is and it's just crazy you see him run and, and the game last year the last game against Brian that he clearly wasn't getting there the sort of what he needed but he was he was all over it and he was having a good time and he was doing what he needs to do but he just doesn't quite get in the ball enough I think, I think most, most importantly about, about Vidra's performances are that he has worked incredibly hard um, and has really put himself about a bit, which I think a lot of, of what supporters might not initially have expected to be the case. And, and I think it, some people still don't recognise that, and that, that's fair enough. It's not the, the bells and whistles vidra that we knew when um, when we had him the first season. He'll, He'll be back. He'll be back. Yeah, I, well, I think he is back because he's doing hard graft for, for this team. Um, and I think he's, 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 he's shone in the last couple of games and I think if we can if we can get that sort of work ethic through the um, through the rest of the side, we'll, we'll do all right. Defensively, it doesn't feel perfect, does it, Jason? No, and uh, I think we know why that is. We we haven't really had a consistent lineup in our defence um, for a multitude of reasons. Discipline. Mm. Uh, we've had a few red cards. Injuries. We've had a lot of those. Um, and even changing tactics where we've sort of flirted with three at the back and four at the back. Uh, so we've not had a consistent lineup, and that doesn't help. It's looked, it's looked strong at times. It's looked good, with, particularly with Cathcart in, mm. but we've seen him slowly come into the team and then disappear again with injury. Um, obviously, we know we've got Angelo, who's a... He'd probably be starting centre-back with, with Cathcart, you would imagine. Um, I don't think they've actually played together yet, have they? Are they? I'm trying to think um, because it's been because he's been injured recently. And and the end of the game when Tatum went off. And uh, yeah, from yeah, that one, uh, extra hands. Um, and he is looking better. He's looking better than he was last year. He still has his demerit five minutes in the middle of games <laughs> when he just does crazy things. Um, well, but he tries yeah. to get the ball into the end zone. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> that sort of thing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> so yeah, he, he's still having these sort of mad five minutes where he, he 50p head or you know, <laughs> 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 that sort of thing going on. Um, but he's definitely looking better than he did last season. And 
the potential is there, I think, for a solid, um, a solid back four once we get a consistent lineup. That's the thing. It, it ter- that terrifies me is the wrong word, but so unsettled as a defensive unit. I think that was the one um, positive I took away from what was a pretty dour game with Brighton on on Saturday just gone was that that was a that was the last defensive line that we could have feasibly put together and it actually did reasonably well. Tommy Hoban had a tough game away at Charlton and hasn't really been seen since that so to pitch him back in on the left hand side of defence where we know he's not 100% confident um, and you know alright he didn't look 100% sure and certain the whole time but he, he did enough really um, and that defensive line we knew it was sort of um, patched together but actually it did all right, um, so that that is encouraging. But by the same token, you look you look down over the over the past season. I don't think we've had the same defensive unit playing twice in a row all year. And I'd probably I'd suggest you could probably go a little bit back into last season, and that's the case then. And I just don't think that you know, Jay's mentioned the reasons: as injuries, as suspensions, as changing formation. You know, it's symptomatic of almost symptomatic of the turbulence that Watford are going through. But until we get that defensive unit sorted, I don't think that, that, that those creative midfielders that we've got can, can work. And then I don't think the the the, the Vidras and Igalos and you guys up front are going to can can do their thing up front without that without that base. I just think we need to get that set in stone, get them playing week in, week out, get them understanding each other and across that line, get an understanding with Gomez, get an understanding as to how they can get the midfield into play and how we can get those amazing sort of creative players we've got going. That hasn't happened, it hasn't happened and, and I'm worried about the big sides. I'm worried about Forest, I'm worried about Norwich, I'm worried about, about Middlesbrough, um, I'm worried about Ipswich, you know, what are the what are these guys who have got quite a bit of confidence, what are they going to do to a defence which Fair enough, has done all right, has, has, has hung in there in the main part, but still looks decidedly shaky. I mentioned Both of you don't seem to think that actually is that far off. It's just about consistency and then picking it. Yeah, and, the, and, and the big part of that has got to be the injuries, and unfortunately I think Angela is going to be out for uh, a, lot, lot, a lot of time, uh, and Tamas as well. But it's the other injuries, it's the, the fact that we spent the last podcast talking about Troy Deeney and how brilliant it is that he's still around. Well, he is. That Troy has been uh, on Hornets player uh, doing their commentary with John Marks. Quite, uh, quite entertaining, I feel. Yeah, definitely. I think it's actually been really valuable. A lot of people have sort of looked at the the, the comedic side of it because you hear Troy getting involved and saying, "Oh, get back, get back, get up," <laughs> and I'm doing all this. But I think what it does show it shows, a, it shows a rare insight into what a player feels like during a, during a game, and I think it's also indicative of the way um, Danny's thrown himself into his. His sort of um, role as club captain, you know, he's really getting involved in, in that side of things. He's volunteering himself. I think he's he put himself up to go to the it Blackburn away, wasn't it? When mm. I think the, the ordinarily he'd have been at home, but he was keen to get involved and he made an appearance at the golf day and, and, and stuff like that. I think he I think it's indicative of uh, of Troy Deeney and how he sees himself and how he's really growing into the. Uh, Sort of almost growing into the, the hero status that, that he's had for so long, he really feels like he's starting to be that that guy now. He's he's certainly won me over after we you know after what was a, a difficult time mm-hmm. that he had to make it up to do. I think he's he's taking massive strides, but he's not on the pitch, and we are getting a taste all of a sudden, Jason, of life without Troy Deeney. We are, and and we're getting a, a taste of what Igalo's like. Mm. Um, just to go back a step. Uh, question for you, John. Okay. Um, uh, something else I was thinking about the other day. We, we talked about injuries, and we do seem to be getting a lot of injuries. Is this because the players will work too hard in pre-season under Sonino, and are the concerns of the Potsos about his training methods coming to light, coming to fruition in the injuries they're getting? Is are you because the, the idea was that they weren't being one thought process coming out of the the. the the talkers was that he wasn't training them to be for fitness as much. Well, I think he was. He was working too, too hard, doing oh, too okay. much, and is that causing these, these, I um, these injuries? I don't know. Because I would say that under Zola, I think we suffered with injuries as well. And people, when people were out with seemingly, seemingly innocuous injuries, they ended up being out for for a long time. I think it's been because they weren't fit enough. Unbalanced. Yeah, I think it's been a hallmark of the of the Pozzo regime that pl- we've had a lot of injuries, and they've lasted quite a long time. Um, you, you have. Bad luck, obviously. Fernando's injury with his eye, 
um, uh, Thomas's injury with his with his cruciate. There's not a lot you can do if you fall funny on on your ankle or whatever. That that happens. But to answer your question directly, I don't think it's. I think it's been a, a common theme, to be honest. But then again, we've, we've spoken about the about the rigors of the championship, um, and it is so competitive. It is so fast. It is so. You know, there's some God, some challenges going, and you know there are the dark arts, aren't there? Uh, you know what it's like, Jason. You've played football more more recently than both John and I, and it's a bit naughty, isn't it, yeah. out there sometimes? Uh, and that, then that can be. Boys, yeah. boys will be boys, and yeah. and there's gnarly young professionals out there trying to get one up on each other, and it's a tough place to be. So uh, whether, there's any, whether there's any blame anywhere, but what you can say is Watford have suffered badly with injuries. But you say this rough and tumble out there. I'll go back to the first question I asked. Is life that Troy Deeney? We don't have that sort of rough, strong player up front. Um, yeah. Igala's a strong player. My concern with Igala, and it hasn't changed since the last podcast, is that he's strong and he works hard outside the box and, and okay, he's, he's struggled at times. I think he's still a good enough player outside the box. It's when he gets in the box that seems to be the problem. He just doesn't know what to do with it, which for a forward... Striker, whatever you want to call him, that's not good. I think that I think that's been a, um, a common theme of Watford's play though this season. I think Watford have got themselves into good, 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 good situations and have, have often failed to make the right decision. Have have stuttered when it comes to that final killer ball, made the wrong decision. Um, Ketchiani is one that, that, has, that has really struggled so far. Mm. Um, they're just n- none of them have just seem to be hitting their straps when when they move forward and we attack with pace. We've got we've had Dyer going forward in the last couple of games. Andy doing a little bit against uh, when he came on against Brentford, but getting into great positions, getting oh, the defence, the opposition defence obviously worried and on the back foot. It's like right, okay, finish them off, and the ball just goes left when it should have gone right, or it just. Um, so I think I think you're right about Igalo. I think it's, it's very unfair to to judge him on on what we've seen. I mean, it's obvious why people do it because he he's the obvious replacement for Troy Deeney. Yeah, no one's yeah. going to step into Troy Deeney's shoes. But I always think back to to some of the great players in the in the Premier League and you know Burkamp, Henri, these guys who took ages to, to mm. settle. Um, and th- and then look where they ended up. I'm not for one minute suggesting it's <laughs> a new Thierry Henry, but I mean, how many how many games has he played? You can count them on on one mm-hmm. hand. Yeah. Um, he's never played in England before, and he and he's as we've discussed, he's he's been pitched into a side which isn't performing, which is lacking in confidence. And I think it is unfair to to expect a player. Uh, like him to, to just parachute in, land in, and, and have notched four goals. It's, it's almost like when we um, spoke about uh, Alex Hayho in the first Potsdam season, where he didn't get a chance, didn't get a run, and when he did play the odd game, it was very, very difficult for him to come into the side. So he's unlikely, given that Deeney's expected back for the Wednesday game um, mm. from his own uh, chat. Yeah. Um, I wouldn't rush him back. Yeah. No, I think they've um, got to be. Put him on the bench. Yeah. Just keep him on the bench yeah. at the most. Don't, um, don't he might not. So Igalo might not get much more of a run um, if Dini does come back soon. But yeah, you you hope that he does get opportunities to play so that he, he can prove himself to be a, a good player in the long run. I think the favourite what for player favourite what for player at the moment, Mike. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah, he's the favourite. Believe some of the bad things. Favourite Daniel Tozer. <laughs> okay, why? Because he's absolutely magnificent. Of all the players who who have played this year, I think he's an ever-present. Very, very rarely puts a foot wrong. Um, obviously, is is heavily um, invested in in a good mm. performance. He he's not shy. He's almost like a captain. The way he sort of you can see him talking to players. Um, he he can spot a pass. Um, he's comfortable on the ball. Um, just he's just absolutely magnificent. And and to be honest, without him, I think we'd be we'd be in in a, in a big mess this year. Yeah, he did give that sort of stability. Because he's an aura squad. Yeah. Before you asked me that, I was going to because you talked about Troy, and I think there is that aura about Troy mm. um, that that strikes fear into opposition yeah. players and supporters, and and that's a big miss. And you just can't replace that. Mm. And and we've been unlucky with Fernando not not being fit for the last couple of games as well. But but Toja for me, what a guy. Favorite. Favorite player for me, Craig Cathcart. <laughs> okay. I just think he's been uh, a. Breath of calm, fresh air in that in that back four, um, and I'm pleased that he sort of got in and settled really quickly because there was a little bit of noise when we signed him. People sort of disregarded the fact that he's not well, he's been playing elsewhere 
for the last few seasons since he was with us on loan and didn't do much when he was here. And everyone was quick to jump on the fact that he didn't do much last time out. What have we signed him for? When you, you listen to Blackpool fans and they say how much they loved him, and we've seen already why they did. He's, he's uh, keeps it simple, simple game football, <laughs> doesn't do anything stupid, yeah. just stop the opposition from scoring. And he scores goals himself. And he scores what a goal. <laughs> yeah. I, was, I actually I thought I was going to be stuck here at the end. Um, but I'm going to pick, well, it was between Minari, uh, how much he runs and just gets well, but I'm going to pick Paredes. Juan Carlos, just because man, he can run up and down that wing all day long. I mean, it's an easy win to say a fellow player who runs along, but he, I think sometimes he's sort of been lacking in terms of who's behind him, that consistency and that relationship that he needs to really sort of bum up and down there with confidence and knowing that you're covered and, you know, that sort of team ethic. But he can, he love it. We've, we've been quite <laughs> serious in this podcast. Yeah. What, what, what Paredes is, is immense fun. Yeah. Great to watch. And I think that's a great shout, John, because it basically it's a reminder while we're all here. Football should be fun. Yeah. We should be enjoying it. He's the man that enjoys his football, and uh, it's definitely good fun watching him. Keep it up. From the Rookery End. Subscribe via iTunes. Listen on Audio Boom. And find us at fromtherookeryend.com. Tenerife, camiseta número 6, Jokanovi, 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 segundo gol para Tenerife, y creo que aquí se... So we have a new head coach, number four of the season. Count him, count him. Is that more coaches than Black Paul of Edwinds? It's as many coaches as Queen's Park Rangers have got points, I saw someone. Okay. Whoever that was, I, I apologise for any sort of plagiarism there, but it, it had to be said and repeated. More, more coaches than we've got completed stands, although it was great. I have to say, absolutely superb to see people in the stand against Brighton. But do you know what the flashback I got? People shielding in there. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, yes, of course, that's what it was always like. awful in there. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone wear a cap. Yeah. Go to the Hornet shop, sell caps, call it the East Stand cap. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone gets one free, <laughs> only one. Um, so we've got a new man, we've got a new stand, we've got a new man as head coach. I, I literally didn't know how to say his first name, but I am going with quite... Um, Vigor by saying he's Djokovic. 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 He's his name. Now, Jason, we don't know a huge amount, really. really um, a bit in Thailand, where he's a manager. Oh, mm. His first job after being uh, a Chelsea player uh, was he was a uh, pastime Belgrade where he won the double double. He did, he won the double double. Two doubles in two years. Mm. That's good. Um, he went to Thailand. Um, and he was unbeaten. He went to Bulgaria for a while, and he then also managed uh, Hercules in Spain. Is that how you say it, Hercules? Hercules. I'm, I'm saying yeah, that. Yeah, I'm yeah, saying yeah, that. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm, what, do you know, what do we know, Jason? We know. We know, we know that. Um, <laughs> I, I'm talking to a Chelsea fan today. I said, "Do you remember, Mr. Jukanovic?" And he went, "Oh yeah, Ranieri signing." wasn't very good he, he, he didn't or he did put it in a bit more colourful language <laughs> um, ok fair enough but Jose Marino wasn't a very good footballer and always was asking Vega so we're not going <laughs> to against him um, so yeah so his first managerial job was with Partizan Belgrade now they were in a good position when they started but he then took them on to do the double-double um, first time anyone had done that in Serb football Um can we draw parallels with that and, and the state of Watford that he comes in? He's got a good squad. They're well placed already. Um, can he push them on to greater things and achieve more? Because uh, let's face it, no one's done that, or no one has done the double double in in semi football. So he's achieved something that no one else has. So despite the fact that he had a good squad of players and that they were well placed, he's then taken them on to bigger and better things. So. Potentials there, maybe. Um, Thailand, yeah, I don't know anything. I don't know how hard it is to, to do unbeaten in Thailand. I don't think he did very well um, in Bulgaria. 
but the, the big thing for me is the fact that he his last job was as manager of Hercules, which is Elton John's middle name. <laughs> so it's an absolute guarantee that he's going to be a success at Watford. Hercules <laughs> failed. I mean, going back to earlier, I think the Potsdamers will have an idea of why they want him and why why he fits. It remains to be seen whether that will be the case. He, he, he speaks uh, fluent Spanish, apparently. That's his the language he uses the most. So he will be speaking to able to liaise with the assistant coaches, which we must mention, who are who are still there. Um, and having spoken to a couple of people at the club, they speak very highly of, of those two guys, Martinez and, and Pereira, who apparently have, have really thrown themselves into into their work at Watford and are very, very meticulous uh, lots of preparation. They they work really hard on understanding the game. So I think it's worth mentioning that, that those guys are, are still there, and and I think they can they'll be helpful during this time. They'll they will know the players by now, and will and will help. Uh, what was that? What was that? Yukanovic. 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 They'll help him sort of integrate into into his new role. But, but you know, Bulgaria, Thailand, um, Serbia. They're you know they're not footballing powerhouses, but He's he's won. He's he's guided his teams to to victories, and and it's an old cliche, but winning is a habit. He, you've got to know how to get your teams over the line. He obviously he's obviously been able to do that in the past. This side isn't far away. This side really isn't far away. They haven't been great. I'm still worried about last year. We we were at the same point last year. I think we won had exactly pretty much exactly, exactly the same, same amount. Yeah, point. Much, yeah. Didn't win another game until Boxing Day. Oh yeah, which is it's all the draws and the oh, which is just dreadful. They obviously, we're in the midst of the bad Zola run and so on and so mm-hmm. forth. But not to win another game from now until till Boxing Day was was just remembering it now. Is it ever <laughs> <a> <laughs> given, yeah. Yeah. Surely we can't do that again. Surely, surely, surely we can't. We can't be that bad. I think the players will be more galvanised. They'll be desperate for a bit of. Um, They'll be desperate to. They'll they should, they'll be assuming that this new guy isn't going anywhere for a, for at least a little while. So they'll be nine like, days. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah um, they'll be desperate to put a marker down on the basis that he's going to be around for for a while, and I expect to see a surge in performance from them um, as they look to kick on. You know, it's another international break. It's a time now for the for everyone to regroup. All that water has gone between the bridge. And then they need to be get the biggest fat permanent mark you can find, draw a massive line uh, and move onwards and upwards. I thought we drew lines in the last podcast. We're always we're we're always <laughs> I just to bring up the comparison with last year, you, you're right, we didn't win until Boxing Day. The other way you could look at it is that, is that we didn't win until Millwall at home and thankfully Millwall at home is Saturday, November the 1st. <laughs> whilst Sheffield Wednesday, Middlesbrough away and Forest at home will be difficult games and we might find it hard to get three points out of, out of those, each of those games. Millwall at home, surely. 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 Those, those are exciting games though, aren't they? They're, oh, they're very. Great because there's a lot, of, I think everyone is a bit up on the air as to whether this this, this Watford team can, can genuinely challenge for promotion. The league table says we can at the moment, and that can all change very quickly. I, I, I struggle to find any Watford supporter who would say, yes, we are definitely going to be up there. Can I ask you this question then, Mike? You can. can you find a Nottingham Forest supporter who thinks, yes, we're definitely going to go up? I think you find a lot more confident Nottingham Forest Can you find a Sheffield Wednesday supporter who's going, yes, we're going to definitely go up? Uh, probably Can not. you find a Middlesbrough supporter who's going, yes, we're going to go up? I know a Nottingham Forest supporter at work, and do you know what he did before the start of the season? No. And a bet on us to win the title. <laughs> <laughs> you see? They're in exactly the same position as us. You're right. But having seen us, they're looking us in the table and going, look, they're top. But my, my original point is, it's exciting because I think we're going to find out about this season in the coming months, in the coming weeks. Mm. I think we will know after. So you've, you've mentioned we've got Forest, we've got Sheffield Wednesday away. Wednesday are playing really well. We've got Forest at home, we know about them. Middlesbrough away, what well, is miles away, they're doing all right. Millwall at home, Birmingham away, Ipswich, Ipswich away. You know, tough guys. If we can, if we can perform well in those games, then. I think we're going we're gonna to be all right. I think there's no way that if you can see it through to the end of October, partway through November, and still be in touch at the top, that you're going to, well, unless we have our A.D. Boothwide West Brom moment, where, <laughs> um, we're flying high. Or Graham Taylor Sheffield Wednesday moment. is yeah. uh, littered, what in history is littered with yeah. these. What am yeah. I saying? I take it all back. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> but I think I'm, I'm really excited and itching to, to, to get going with these games. Forest is a real... Is a draw enough against Forest? Is a draw enough against Sheffield Wednesday? Is a draw enough against... Performances. 
is what I want to see. I want to see us define that then. I want to see us go toe to toe. I want to see us. I want to see us turn in confident performances. I want to see individ- good individual performances from our key performers. I want to see us playing decent football, confident football, um, and troubling these teams. Not the other way around. Not us hanging on. We've done that well, but we've, we've with the excuse has been that it's been turbulent. It's still going to be turbulent. <laughs> but, but now we need to we need to we need to kick on. It's all well and good saying we're top. We haven't kicked into gear yet. Eventually, you have to bloody well kick into gear. Um, excuse my language. And this is the time to do it against these guys. Forest is is a litmus test for me. I want to see us turn up that day, roll our sleeves up, and and give them a good well, give them a good tonking because it's in this Watford side. It's totally in it that we could. Do you not send your CV to the pot size, Mike? That inspirational. Come on, it's in your voice, speech. Yeah, I've tried to translate it into Italian, now, and I think <laughs> it must have got lost in translation <laughs> along the along the way. But I'm just desperate to see this team do it. Desperate. Uh, if we're going to be recording our next podcast, let's say, Jason, after the mid, um, um, Millwall game, mm-hmm. that's one, two, three, four games. Give us your minimum points you want from four games where we play Ooh. as repeated Forest, Middlesbrough, Sheffield Wednesday, and Millwall. Right, Millwall win, definitely. Three. Forest, as Mike says, I think we want to win that one. Six. Wednesday. And Millsborough away, they're tough. They are tough. Millsborough is particularly tough, I think, away from home. Um, Wednesday away, yeah. I, I would like to say either somewhere between one and three points there. Uh, where? And I can't. Pick. I don't know. Pick. What. Am I being. Pick. Eight points. Eight points. Jason, eight points. Eight points. That gives me an unbeaten. That gives an unbeaten run. Eight, 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 eight points. Eight from a possible twelve. Eight from possible twelve. Because the last six games we, we said we we Charlton them were unbeaten and it's quite good. That's only nine points from a possible eighteen, which because the division's been so up and down, we we're getting fine. away with it. Yeah, yeah. Um, but nine out of eighteen is not where we want to be. So let's get eight out of twelve, and that's probably slightly better. My maths, yes, that's good. Well, there we go. That's the next month ahead of Watford football. Uh, we hope next time we join you uh, in four weeks' time, uh, we will still have the same manager. Um, we hope that it will be successful, and we hope, we hope, we hope. What we need is for Mike to say, yeah, we'll probably be a breeze in the park <laughs> and we'll get 12 points out of 12, and we'll be fantastic and big and want to sign for permanently. Go. The day I predict us getting 12 points out of 12 is a cold day in hell, my friends. <laughs> You're listening to From the Rookery End. Tweet us at Watford Podcast. Like us on Facebook and visit us on fromtherookeryend.com. Camiseta número 6, Jokanovi. Jokanovi, 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 Jokanovi. Segundo gol para Federife y creo que aquí se aplica la sentencia definitiva.